Perhaps you have read this reflection of a woman named Lara about hope. She wrote, It isn't often that I'm awake early enough to hear the birds start singing. I woke up Saturday morning, long before I planned to, for some odd reason. Sometimes, my body just does that, and I don't know why. All I know is that it has nothing to do with caffeine. And sometimes I wonder why the birds sing. I've heard that it's because they're happy to see the sun again. Funny thing is, I was able to witness that the singing starts long before the sun is even visible. And yet, they sing anyway. They sing in the darkness because they know it won't stay dark forever. How do they know this? It would be so easy to sing in the darkness as an acopity, to mourn for the pain it is causing us. But the birds aren't doing that, and neither should we. Sing to welcome the sun, even if you cannot quite see it yet. That's very insightful and encouraging. Let me ask you, when you look at the happenings around the globe, do you have the same hope that all the evil and sin, suffering and sorrow, and death won't stay forever? How do you get encouragement and hope when you grapple with all the discomfort, trouble, and tragedy that this world brings? Can we remain hopeful for the good things that will come and for everything will turn out well in Christ's return, even if we don't see it yet? When Peter wrote his letter, he and many believers felt that the increase and fierce persecution and the darkness they were facing signaled that the time of Christ's return was near. Peter says in 4.7, The end of all things is near. Jesus' coming is at hand. But despite knowing that the darkness won't stay here forever in the light of the Lord's return, every genuine believer still can get discouraged and feel helpless and agitated along the way. We can still be provoked into impulsive anger, worry, and fear. We can still hurt and can get hurt. We can miss the purpose of God's blessing to encourage others and win the loss for Christ. Despite knowing that the day is approaching, we can miss the joy of using our gifts to serve others. God's word in 1 Peter 4, 7-11 shows us how to remain hopeful and composed with these realities. We can remain hopeful daily because God has given us the power to be godly, purposeful, and useful. Having a view of Christ coming that's near or at hand, we ought to follow specific paid applications in 1 Peter 4, 7-11 in staying hopeful and composed. First, be clear-minded. Be clear-minded. Peter said, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. To stay hopeful and remain composed, have a clear mind. To be clear-minded according to 1 Peter 4, 7 is literally is to be in one's right mind. In contrast sa wala sa katinoang pansarili o sariling katinoan. To be in one's right mind describes a state of emotional control so that under difficulty or pressure, you don't give in to anger, fear, insecurity, or otherwise, you lose your composure. 
We tend to get nervous, agitated, and afraid, especially when facing things beyond our control. That's why we lose our composure, get bothered, and do things out of focus, like pouring ketchup on our coffee or teaspoon of salt rather than a sweetener. When noticed, people may ask, what's happening to you? Do you have a problem? You look distracted. Parang wala ka sa sarili mo. Be clear-minded. Get your emotion under control. So that when you face any difficulty, under pressure, or surprised by a piece of bad news, you are calm or undisturbed, composed, cautious, and strong-minded. People will notice your courage. With this, we see in every aspect of life, the clear-minded walk in the path of victory. We observe that uncontrolled emotion adds burden to a problem and always sees every obstacle. Laging problem ang nakikita sa isang sitwasyon. But notice a person with a clear mind. They handle problems smoothly and see the solution in the problem. Life becomes easy when we keep our emotions under control. It becomes complicated when emotion is loose. Poor reactiveness multiplies anger, frustration, worry, and fear. This is where the trap of depression can catch us. So be clear-minded. It is a matter of training or nakagawian. A trained reactive and overreactive emotion can never take the pressure of life and can never handle a problem well. A reactionary can be bothered, distracted, and worried easily. We see this attitude with Martha, the sister of Mary and Lazarus that siblings that Jesus visited with his disciples in Luke chapter 10. Martha is work-driven. She is reactive, so she can get easily upset and worried. Listen to how Jesus sincerely corrected and lovingly said to her, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. It is hard to see and dwell on what matters most when bothered, distracted, and worried. We cannot focus long enough to listen to God's word, and it is hard to pray. And you cannot see the many beautiful things around you. Remember, Life offers thorns, not only flowers, bitter, not just sweets, sadness, not only happiness. So to survive, you need to be clear-minded. When your mind is clear, you can see things from the proper perspective and what matters most. What's the ultimate reason for being clear-minded? Peter says, so you can pray. That's the clear point. Instead of being constantly distracted, anxious, bothered, and controlled by your circumstances. With a clear mind, you can pray. You can pray. Prayer is like the air we breathe. We cannot live without it. And this is the same with hope. We are living dead without it. Facing problems or troubles are not easy. But when you have a clear mind, you can start to pray. The power of staying hopeful and composed comes from a prayerful life. For true prayer is soaking not just dwelling in the presence of God while talking to Him, so that you will be profoundly calm and composed in your spirit. This is the right and best training with a willing submission to God's will. The moment you experience this, suddenly, you can hear the birds chirping or singing. You can see the people smiling faces, beautiful flowers while walking, can hear the dog barking, and you will remember the essential things you have to do that you forget 
when you are bothered and distracted. Praying and staying hopeful go hand in hand. It is an excellent habit to start your day in prayer. Before pacing your daily chores, before the pressure of work hits you, pray. You will undoubtedly remain calm throughout the day, and you will see the many good things despite the negativities. As the end of all things is near, we need to be clear-minded to pray and remain hopeful and composed. To stay full of hope, second, be loving fervently. As the end of all things is near, Victor says in verse 8, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Jesus will come back for us. We are waiting for that day. But as of now, we still have our fallen nature. That's why we must keep practicing also fervent love. The word deeply as used by Peter can be translated as fervently. It means stretch out love. Now, what is stretch out love? Stretch out love is love that is willing to be stretched to the limit. So to love deeply is to put yourself in a place where you can be hurt. Because to truly love is to be vulnerable. Be cautious. Most depression, mild or severe, can come from one's emotional and mental vulnerability. That's why we must understand and accept that to love is to be vulnerable. Everybody can get hurt, even from the people close to you, unless one is a totally selfish person. But if you are loving, you will get hurt. That's for sure. So know and accept this reality and learn to handle it well. Peter says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love each other fervently or with a stretch-out love, because love covers a multitude of sins. This means, when hurt or wrong, you have to face it. How? Forgive the person, cover it, and move on. That's the faith application. The devil will say, he hurt you, fight back. Don't let him get away. Let him be put to shame for all to know. Or people will say, Sinaktan ka niya, saktan mo rin. Huwag kang papatalo. Gawin mo sa kanya ang ginawa niya sa iyo at pasakitan mo pa ng todo. This kind of demonic pressure will keep you angry, bitter, and in the prison of hatred. But God's word said, The end of all things is near. Therefore, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. The hope of Christ's return teaches us not to listen to evil and ungodly thoughts. If having conflict, refuse to wash the offender's dirty laundry in public. Huwag mag-skandalo sa publiko. Exercise stretch out love by handling it privately. Handle it discreetly. In a scandalous world, people like to feast on other people's lives. So learn to say no to posting everything on social media such as Facebook or Twitter. Don't let the darkness of hatred take hold of you exposing one's weakness and humiliating that person when having conflict. We will all stand before the Lord. So keep practicing true forgiveness out of agape love. Once you forgive, you will stop talking about it. Walking light is better than carrying the baggage of anger and hatred and living miserably. 
we must be reminded of this because the Lord wants us to live free and godly lives, to stay composed and ready for His return. Fervent love does not just have a short memory, but it is also realistic. You will not be surprised when others fail you, for you also had failed others before. You will expect to be hurt, for you also had hurt others before. You expect to be judged wrongly, for you have judged others before. To love fervently is to be realistic. In relationships of all kinds, such as in marriage, this is important, especially when many immaturities keep going on. You have to love each other with stretch-out love, by forgiving and no longer talking about it and move on. I came across this illustration. A husband and wife had been married for 60 years and had no secrets except for one. The woman kept in her closet a shoebox that she forbade her husband from ever opening. But when she, has, she was on her deathbed and with her blessing, he opened the box and found a crochet doll at $95,000 in cash. My mother told me that the secret to a happy marriage was To never argue, she explained. Instead, I should keep quiet and crochet a doll. Her husband was touched. Only one doll was in the box? That meant she'd been angry with him only once in 60 years. But what about all this money, he asked. Oh, she said, that's the money I made from selling the dolls. To love is to be vulnerable. So to love deeply or fervently is why churches survive strong marriage survive and a christian marriage last love covers a multitude of sins this applies to every part of life without this fervent or stretch out love we can never practice true forgiveness and live together in harmony thank god for according to romans 5:5, hope does not disappoint Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hallelujah. We hope and walk in love. Right now, we face a pressing question. How do you cover the sins of the non-admittance? Isn't talking about the offender's sins right? But there is no admittance, confession, or repentance for change. The answer to this lies in a proper understanding of true forgiveness. Waiting for others to repent before you forgive them might not come, especially when the person dies. Some people hurt others and don't know it. Some people can pretend it never happened. Often than not, arguments flare up when the offender gets defensive. So true forgiveness forgives from the heart, even if the offender did not come to ask for it. With total forgiveness from the heart, you release yourself from anger, and hatred so you cover the sins by not spreading what they did to you and move on with the freedom and joy of forgiveness blessing the person in prayer is a good habit in trampling the evil one under your feet and when you have a good opportunity to talk to the person tell him they offended you as the end of all things is near We must love each other deeply. Amid anger, hatred, and bitterness, we can remain hopeful and composed when our hearts and minds are free and clean.
to stay hopeful. Thirdly, be hospitable. Be hospitable. As the end of all things is near, it is crucial for us to purely bless each other and serve. Peter said in verse 9, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. In the early church, they met in various members' homes, like what, they are do- like what we are doing in our weekday discipleship care group and prayer meeting. The early, church, the early Christian church and the traveling Bible teacher and evangelist depended on homes or open homes. And the host takes it as an honor to welcome other believers into their home. Opening one's home to one another is not that easy. So Peter said, Open hospitality to one another without grumbling. Why would anyone grumble about hospitality? Why? When we speak of a home, we speak of privacy. A home is primarily a shelter for one's family. To open one's home to a sibling, relative, or close friend is natural. But Peter talks about the hospitality of using one and one's home to minister to the body of Christ. Who are they? They are our brothers and sisters in Christ, including those we do not know very well. The background teaches us that the early Christians saw their home as a shelter for their families and a tool for ministry. It is an opportunity to bless others. They understood that God had blessed them with a place to live, not just to have privacy and safety, but also a means for ministering to others. So home is a shelter for family and a ministry tool. The general principle is good stewardship of God's temporal blessings with a view of using them as a tool for ministry. We are blessed that our church started in a home setting many years ago, as you see in the picture. We are blessed for we have had regular home cell groups since then until now. We are blessed that every host is doing it joyfully. Since then until now, I never heard any grumbling, but bon appetit and tapao, or what copy do you like, or what song you like to sing. God's temporal blessing can be used as a tool for eternal purposes and gain. When I came here in SG, I was accom- accommodated by Kuya Ruel, then Baini before I stayed at Jalanam Pass, when the Ramos family migrated, or before the Ramos family migrated to Canada. The flow of grace continued for many who had stayed with us, then to me in my rented room either for vacation, finding a job, or while waiting for a place to rent. Of course, a male or a couple. Queruel moved me around SG. What he did to me, I did to others. I and at times with the other leaders, by God's grace, brought the visiting friends and churchmates around Singapore, like a pastor tourist guide for free. Singapore is an open home in that sense. Amen? As the end of all things is near, we need to practice hospitality, such as opening homes joyfully and, may I add, giving time generously. A home or function place or room are blessings that can be used for fellowship, Bible study, prayer meeting, and helping others come to know the Lord. Christ's coming is near. So remain hopeful and composed by being a shelter of encouragement, comfort, and blessing to each other by using what we have as a tool for ministry. And that's the spirit of the encouragement. The final point has to do with serving in the church. Be useful to God. This is the last and fourth point. Be useful to God. As the end of all things is near, we must serve God in the local church. Peter said in verses 
7 and 10. The end of all things is near. Therefore, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Jesus has given us gifts or empowerment for service. We are saved to be useful to God. Discover your spiritual gift and use it to serve others. That's the purpose. It could be speaking gifts such as teaching the Word of God, whether to a group or one-on-one, whether from a pulpit, small group, or Sunday school class. Peter said, if anyone speaks, you should do it as one speaking the very words of God. This means what God is really saying in His pure word, from pure milk, elementary teaching, to the myth of the Word of God. Not just that, but God blesses others with service or helping gifts. Peter said, if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. Those with the gift of service or helping can clean up the church, cook for an event, make flowers, drive a lorry, visit the sick, encourage a friend through online messages or phone call, give money, pray, and counsel. Those with the gift of service also includes ushering during the worship, all volunteering to feed the children in a Sunday school or washing the utensils. Patuli po natin gawin ito at salamat sa Lord sa buhay ng bawat isa. As then of all things is near, be useful to God. Use whatever gift or talents God has given you. God gave us gifts and talents to use. We all know that servanthood is contagious. Nakakahawa. Notice that God provides with the gift and give us the strength. Don't dwell on the thoughts that say you are insignificant or hindi ka mahalaga. You are not gifted, so let others serve. You are weak, so you cannot do it. Don't listen to this kind of thinking. For God has blessed you with the ability and the strength to use that what to use the gift, whatever it is that God has given you. And look at the result. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. God is praised according to verse 11 when we serve with the gifts He has given us. God is glorified when our church becomes better and stronger because of your willing hearts and hands. As the end of all things is near, serve each other with your gifts and talent to build up and strengthen our church family. God blesses a willing heart and hand, and we can look forward to the day when we hear our Lord and Master say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. We can remain hopeful daily because God has given us the power to be godly, purposeful, and useful. Peter said, The end of all things is near. Remain hopeful or full of hope because of Christ's return by doing these things. First, be clear-minded. Second, be loving fervently. Third, be hospitable. Fourth and last, be useful to God. God's word in 1 Peter 4, 7-11 shows us how to remain hopeful and composed, even if we don't see Christ yet face to face. We can remain hopeful daily because God has given us the power to be godly, purposeful, and useful. Here are some critical questions for reflection and application. When facing challenges or difficulties, is your emotion under control? Is your mind clear to pray? Second, is there a hurt still stored in your heart that you haven't forgiven yet? 
you're ready to cover it or not to talk about it anymore and move on. Thirdly, is your right and privacy limit you to open your life and what you have for eternal use and purpose? Do you see your life, possession, and time as a tool for ministry and for winning the lost? Lastly, have you discovered your place and function in the church to be useful to God with your gifts and talents? Are you willing to help build and strengthen one another? Jesus' coming is at hand. The darkness won't stay forever. We can wake up daily and pray and remain hopeful and joyful even if we don't see Christ yet face to face. Like the birds singing early in the morning because they're happy to see the sun again. We stay full of hope and joyful because we know that the darkest in this world will not remain forever. And one day, one day, we will see the light. Our Lord Jesus, face to face. Amen.